0: Thank you, Mark. Thank you, praise team. Good morning. Ohayou gozaimasu. That's how you say good morning in Japanese. Can we try that? Ohayou gozaimasu. Not bad. Not bad. Not good, but not bad. All right. Um, just a little bit about my family. Here's a picture of my family. Um, I was born in Japan, Osaka, Japan, a country that's less than 0.1% Christian at the time is uh, currently the second largest unreached people group in the world and by God's grace he brought me to North Carolina to the buckle of the Bible Belt where I trusted Jesus and this is where I met my wife as well and she is also her parents are German immigrants and and we you know I spoke she she grew up speaking German in her home Uh, I know Wolfgang you're here this morning Guten Morgen and um and also um, I spoke jinglish in our home growing up All right. And so we have three kids, and they're really confused. (laughs) A little bit of something, right? Um, But I want to share with you why we named our our church All People's Community Church. And because it kind of explains the context of where we live in the Washington, D.C. area in Fairfax. And then, um, so my my daughter, when she was 13 at the time, um, she uh, had a bunch of friends. And I was driving them in the family minivan, and and then here is you know a gal from her parents are Indian immigrants, you know Iraqi, Jordanian, um, one gal parents are from Ghana, uh, an African American, Korean American, and it was just like the nations, right? And I'm driving, thinking about the next generation, right? who's going to reach this generation, right? And I was like, that's it. It's a church for all peoples, right? Um, Because, you know, your context here in Shawnee is, is different. But I want you to know that the nations are becoming our neighbors, right? And we need churches that are thinking the nations, neighbors, and then the next generation as well. And so I'm so encouraged by seeing that here at Cross Points last night at the, at the missions dinner. What an encouragement in time, meeting all the uh, missionaries that you have sent out, over 50 of them. And then, you know, meeting the staff, Pastor David and, and everyone else, just incredible. Just their heart for missions, you have it on their wall. It's in the DNA, it just permeates everywhere. And I'm, I'm very encouraged. And, and so my hope today is that we can continue to fuel that as we talk about the gospel for all peoples, right? And so would you open your Bibles and would you meet me in John chapter 4? And let me set up the context a little bit. I think, I think many of you know John 3, right? Because you know John three sixteen, Jesus talks about the gospel, the good news. That's what gospel means, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel, right? And he gave that to Nicodemus, who was a religious, righteous ruler. All right? And he came in the evening, and then in chapter 4, we see a complete contrast. That Jesus doesn't minister to an insider, but to a complete outsider. Someone that's in the most unlikely place, and this person was the most unlikely person. And so, would you uh, stand with me as I read God's Word, if you're able? And don't worry if you're not able or if you need to sit down, but I'm going to read for us the Word of the Lord. Verse 3, He he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, so Jesus worried wearied. As he was from his journey, he was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, which is noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink for me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered, If you knew the gift, of God and who it is that you're is saying to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would give you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as he did his sons and his livestock? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks of the water that i will give him will never be thirsty again the water that i will give him will become like a spring of water welling up to eternal life and the woman said to him sir give me this water so that i will not be thirsty will have to or have to come back to draw water and jesus said to her go call your husband and come here And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You're right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband, and what you said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem, in the place where people ought to worship, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back, and they marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? So the, so the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and to the people and said, come. See a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town, and they were coming to him. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Would you now join me in a word of prayer? And for those who are watching online, please join as well in bowing to the Father. Father, we thank you for your word is living and active, and it is through your son, Jesus Christ. He is the living word. And so we celebrate him and what he has done for us in reconciling sinners by giving his life to us. We pray that the name of Jesus will be lifted up, that the gospel that is for all peoples will be not just imparted to us, but it will be impacted into us. And so it would be for your glory and to our joy and all God's people said, amen, amen. My sermon is entitled, The the Impact for, uh, Impart for Impact. Let me say that one more time. Impact in part for impact. Can I write it on my forehead or you got it? I don't have it. Um, I have three points and it's this the what of missions, the why of missions, and thirdly, the who of missions. The what of missions in in verse four, uh, John says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Did you see this? He had to pass through samaria my buddy who's a church planner that we sent out he was here in 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 kc for several years and when he found out i was coming here he says this you got to go to joe's barbecue and betty ray's right look i love barbecue from all peoples north carolina texas memphis you know korean barbecue it doesn't matter okay but do i have to go to joe's I want to I want to <laughs> but Jesus had to pass through Samaria why because if you understand what we what we read that Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans right if you know anything in history about the Samaritans they were half breeds. you saw the picture of my kids right they're half right they're not fully Japanese they're not fully German or fully American They're halves. And so for for the Jews at the time, if you were half or didn't have, you're not fully 100, you're an outsider. You didn't belong in the kingdom of God. You didn't belong to the, the tribe, right? The Jewish people. And so Jews, they despised the Samaritans so much that they would walk around Samaria to get to, if you're going from Jerusalem in the south, to Galilee where Jesus lived and ministered. So imagine this, like if you're driving down to Dallas and you avoid Oklahoma completely, right? (laughs) Maybe some of you do that. That's why she asked, how is it a Jew that that you would ask a drink for me, a, a woman of Samaria? And the Bible says it right, that explains for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And so Jesus is intentionally going through Samaria when everybody else wants to avoid Samaria and, and the Samaritans. And he's showing us that the gospel is for all peoples. All right? that the, the mission of God is cross-cultural, that you cross-cultural, the people that are foreign and strange and people that you may not like or your people don't like, right? Not is it only cross-cultural, it's counter-cultural, okay? To bring a message to the, to the last and least and the lonely of people, okay? And, th- and lastly, it's cross-bearing. It's a price to pay to do this. Your reputation is at stake. It's costly financially. All right, and so Jesus came to bring this gospel that ends tribalism. That's what it is, you know. Tribalism still exists today. It it fuels racism, classism, socialism. It it, it fuels nationalism as well. Jingoism, if it's that's where the high school students that's, that means national pride. That's what it means. This is what we're seeing in the Israeli and Palestinian conflict, it's tribalism, right? And we see it in our country, with politics, you name it. And it's what Jesus intentionally came that he would display the power of the gospel that unites all peoples. Right? No one is beyond the reach of God. And this is what missions is. It's cross-cultural, countercultural, it's cross-bearing. Secondly, Jesus tells us the why of missions. The why is the heart, right? Why is Jesus doing this? And so the Lord begins his interactions by asking for water, physical water, so he can talk about spiritual water. He's the master at doing this, isn't he? The woman is thirsty, but he sees beyond her thirst, right? And the woman said to him in verse 15, "Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water." But Jesus knew her that she was thirsty, thirsty, right? Young people know what that means, right? She was thirsty, thirsty because she had what? Five husbands, no, six, because she was with another one, right? She's thirsty This woman was guilty of adultery. She didn't need Jesus to tell her that. She knew that already, because why? She was coming to draw water at wind, at noon, right? At the hottest time of the day, people come to draw water when it's cooler, in the morning or in the evening, but never in, the, in midday, in the moon. See, she was shackled to her sin and shame, and Jesus came to set her free. And maybe you're here today, this morning, and, and you're new to this church, or you're new to Christianity, or you've strayed from God. And you think that your, your shame and your sin is just too much. But it's not. Jesus didn't come to condemn you of your sh- shame. He came to bring compassion and to free you from it, and so that you may have joy everlasting. It's interesting because she's so in shame. What does she do? She switched the topic, right? She says, let me talk about worship, right? Man, let me tell you about the praise song that we sing at church, right? And what does Jesus do? He doesn't go back to the topic of adultery. He actually starts going deeper into the topic of worship. Isn't that interesting? And he says the Father is seeking such people, right? People that will worship him. What's What, Jesus isn't getting it? What's going on? I thought he wanted to set her free. Because here's the deal. We focus so much on behavioral sins, the fruit sins, right? Instead of the root sins. But you can try to clean up someone's life and behaviors, but they're never going to change their heart for Jesus. Right? And so you got to get to the root, and that's exactly what Jesus is doing. Because what was she doing? It wasn't just having sex. She was placing people... in in the place of God. That she was finding strength and satisfaction and and salvation in people or things instead of God. And things that were never meant to be. Right? No human being can ever carry that weight. Right? They'll always disappoint. That's the first thing that we say at, at premarital counseling. The person sitting next to you will hurt you. You can't build your marriage on each other, but on God. See, this is our problem, right? This is what idolatry is. And we're all susceptible to that. The idols of control and power, the idols of comfort, right? All of these things, that's our root problem. And what we'll end up doing is, is drinking, from a well that will never satisfy us. And and this is what's so important, the heart. What do we center and build our lives on? What do we truly worship, right? This is what Jesus is kidding at. And this is the why of mission. And that's why John Piper, pastor and author, said this, missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is the goal of missions. That's it. The Father is seeking such people. That's what Jesus says. That's the goal. And worship is also the fuel of missions. And this brings us to the third and final point, the who of missions. So the Lord Jesus, He shows us His strategy, right? It's not necessarily just going to unlikely people and unlikely places, and to, to impart the gospel to people, but it's really to impart a gospel that will impact people and transform their lives, right? That's his strategy. Transform people who are impacted by the gospel who will go out. And this is what we see in verse 27 when the disciples return, what do they see? They see Jesus talking to this woman, right? A Samaritan. And they were shocked. But not, they marveled, the Bible says, but not like the Samaritan woman. Because in verse 28, it says that she left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. See, her heart and her motivation's you know, it was, before it was fear. She lived in fear because of her shame and her sin. She avoided people, but when she heard the good news and encountered Jesus in a personal relationship with him and received his mercy, that she had joy. Her, joy was repli- uh, her fear was replaced with joy. That She couldn't help herself. The very people that she tried to avoid, she ran to. This woman was transformed. There are two ways that we can learn about how to impart the gospel to make impact in people. This passage shows us what she's done. Number one is this. All she did, she had no training, right? There was no class that she signed up. He didn't give her a Bible or a book to read to, to, to go evangelize. All she did was what? She shared her testimony. She went back and just simply told what Jesus has done to her life and to her heart. That's all. And secondly, you know, she, she tells them to, to come and see for yourself if Jesus is the Messiah. That's it. She tells her testimony and tells people to come. Come for yourself. Come see if this is true. Come if, see. That's it. And we can do that here today, you know, neighbors and nations, that we can go to them just simply asking questions, you know, asking permission. Could I share you my story of how I I met Jesus? And secondly, would you like to come and learn more? Come to a Bible study. Come to my church. Come meet my friends. Come. That's it. When you're transformed and you're just so overwhelmed with joy, you can't help but go and tell other people. We don't simply want the gospel to be imparted to all people. We want the gospel to actually make an impact and change people's lives. Next uh, Saturday, our our small group at our church um, that I'm in, we're hosting um, a Friendsgiving dinner, all right? And um, we have unbelieving neighbors coming and my Saudi friends that's coming. And I even got a text from another Saudi guy this morning that came to our, our Friendsgiving last year. He's texting me, you know, probably wanting to come to this meal. And, and so all I did was we had a fall festival at our church, and I just went up to these people and started asking them questions. Tell me about your story. story, who are you? And then, would you like to get coffee? Then we get coffee and they say, what do you do? And I said, oh, uh, I'm a pastor. And they were like, you know, about to spill their coffee. And then I say, would you like to come to our house? And they come to our house for a meal. Would you like to come to our Super Bowl party? Would you like to come to our Friendsgiving, you know? And then is would you like to come to know Jesus? and sharing the scriptures with them, right? You don't have to be a pastor to be able to do this. Everyone can do this. But this is Missions Week. Even for those who are watching online, this is Missions Week for Cross Points. So I want you to think not just neighbors, but nations. Actually going overseas, going on a short-term trip. And could I ask for a show of hands for those who have gone on a short-term trip Trip before, go ahead, raise them up. Look at this; this is amazing. Clap for for this. This is amazing. (laughs) Wow. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. In the very same way that that the Samaritan woman, you know, she went and told people her testimony. If you went on a short-term trip and, and you have someone in your small group or a friend at church that's never gone, why don't you go to them and share them your testimony? And then secondly, the very same thing. Why don't you go and see what it will do to your life? Go and see what going on mission for Jesus will do to your heart and how it will change you and how your heart will be enlarged to God's size heart, right, for the nations. And so could you do that if you've been on a short-term trip? just like the Samaritan woman, go. And then tell them your testimony of what that trip did, what God did on that trip. And then ask them, would you like to go as well? Go and see. And I can tell you stories again and again of traveling overseas and seeing lives change, and so can so many of you. I can tell you statistics like this, like Japan, is the second largest unreached people group. Less than 1% um, are born-again believers. This is the, not just the second largest unreached people group, it used to be number one, but it is the fastest declining population in the world. One po- over 1.5 million people died last year. 99% of those people never have ever heard the gospel. People like Yuika and Ayumi, these are two girls that my girls uh, befriended when our, our church took a short-term missions trip to Japan this past summer. And, and so they befriended them Share their testimony, inviting them to church on Sunday. And the last Sunday, Ayumi and and uh, uh, Yuika come to church, and they had asked my girls, "Like, what should we wear? Right? Never been to church, never read a Bible, never met a Christian." This great question: What should I wear? Right? What's church like? Because here is what they thought church was going to be like: the sound of music. That's what they thought. You know, the nuns, right? In the monastery, all wearing black in their habits, right? That's what they thought. And so my kids are telling me this, you know, like, as they come. And I look over, and we're about to sing praises to our great God. You know, just like this. Drums, guitar, whatnot, in their own language. And I look, and knowing that they're going to be over. Their minds are going to be blown, right? To witness, people who have been not just imparted by the gospel, but impacted that they're singing with joy. See, statistics and stories like this, that's not enough. You need the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that is the one that's calling people to go, and to give, and to pray. Not a sermon, not stories, not statistics, but the Spirit of God, who's speaking and drawing people, inviting people to join Him, and filling people with joy so that they can go with gladness, and not a reluctance or guilt. Just like the Samaritan woman, she was free from that, and running and going. Because... In the very same way, worship is the goal of mission, worship is also the fuel of mission. My oldest daughter, she FaceTime my wife and I this past week, and she says, I want to update you on what's, what God's been doing in my life. And so she's in college, and um, she wanted to apply for this internship to work at a church in Japan in our networks of churches that we're part of. And... Um, she had waited two weeks. She filled out the application and left it in her inbox for two weeks because she was afraid. She was afraid of, of spending three months, afraid of not working, not making any money, afraid of doing this without anybody else by, but herself. And then she, when she came back from a retreat and she was just, just meeting with God, she was just overwhelmed and burdened. She, she just wanted clarity if this is what you want to do. And she just started weeping, she shared with us. And she says, I wasn't crying because I was upset. I was crying because of this overwhelming joy of knowing Jesus and wanting to share the gospel to people that don't know him. That never met a Christian, never seen a Bible, never been to church. And she was overwhelmed. And she was praying, Lord, show me, give me clarity, Right? And her her roommate comes downstairs and sees her face and says, what's going on? And she shares what's going on, and her roommate says, that's the Holy Spirit. And maybe you're here today, online or in person. Maybe God has been pressing you, right? Not to guilt you, but just to overwhelm you with joy and love for him and a burden for others that don't know his joy people who are worshiping other false gods and are, are facing eternity apart from him, they have no true joy. There are people that are God is seeking. The Father is seeking worshipers and he's gonna send, not Jesus again, but the people of Jesus, to go to unlikely people and unlikely places Cross-culturally, counter-culturally, cross-bearing work so that they may come to know Him. And I'm so encouraged what God is doing at Cross Points, and I believe God's going to keep doing it, keep sending the next generation of people. I'm so encouraged hearing, meeting the older generation as well that are going to Mexico, to Reynosa, and it's unbelievable. All the generations here, year after year after year after year this is the legacy of your church this is the legacy of followers of Jesus, this is what we do we live on mission because we love Jesus And so if the spirit is speaking to you this morning would you continue that conversation with him what are you afraid of what are you afraid of giving up and then maybe you can flip that What excites you to be able to use your gifts and your life to impart the gospel to make an impact on people for eternity? Please talk to Pastor Mark, Pastor David, any of the the pastors and leaders at your church about this. Ask someone that's been on a short-term trip and about their testimony and how it's changed their life. So would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for Jesus and that he loves outsiders. He loves going to Samaritans. He loves going to uh, women who are trapped. He loves to give his life. And thank you that he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so there are many in the harvest. It's plentiful, but the laborers are few. Lord, thank you for Cross Points Church, the people that have committed to going and giving and praying. Lord, would would there be an increase of this? Holy Spirit, would you move? We don't need any more sermons or statistics or stories. We just need to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so, Spirit, move and speak and, and do wonders to, to mobilize people and to and mobilize funds and so that Jesus Christ may be known and declared. And it be for your glory and our joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have taught you. These were Jesus' last words. It's a call not only to our missionaries, but to each one of us. And I so love what Kenji said, something that I think kind of jumped out at me as he was talking. In Luke 4, it says, for you Samaritans know very little, while we were Jews know all about this, for salvation comes through the Jews, but this, the time is coming. And it says, indeed it's here now. I love that, indeed it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father and Spirit and the truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship him. The Father, is. he gave us that command his last words for us to go and make disciples because that's at his hearts you know the theme of the whole week is to impart to all there there are millions of people around the world who have never heard the name of jesus before there's people right here in shawnee that have no clue who jesus is they may have heard the name of jesus but they may have never stepped and footed into a church they've never really had a conversation had a Christian tell them their story and their testimony of who Jesus is. And Jesus is looking for those who would come and worship him. That's what his desire is. And he, he then pulls us, as we become his children of God, he pulls us into his story. He says, now I want you to go and find these people that want to worship me. And that's what we're called to do, church. That was his, not just for our missionaries, that's for each and every one of us. And I love it that Pastor David has put us on a mission, right? We're in this three for 30. We're going out and praying for each house in our neighborhood. Hopefully we're going out and sharing that story when we can. And people are coming to church. We're hearing all kinds of stories of how God is changing people's lives because we're going out and sharing the beautiful love of Jesus. But Jesus also had the command to go into all the world. And that's hard to do it's kind of fun to see all the hands that went up of how many of you have been on a missions trip and that's so much why i love this church is that you guys are willing to go you guys are willing to pray every time our missionaries come back so we are so thankful for Cross Point church we feel we see we hear the prayers of this church and so we are making a difference in this world you know our missionaries are in so many different countries and you are part of that as you give as you pray as you're a part the, the, their extension of who we are do you know church we are making a difference in the UAE right now I've seen young Ethiopian ladies be rescued from prostitution we're in Tunisia today where hundreds of young kids are getting taught about Jesus and they're going home and telling their parents what they learned at school, and their parents are asking, who is this Jesus? We're seeing missionaries by the dozens be sent out into China and India that are not from America, but they're from Mexico that have raised their own finances and have taken on that passion and say, we're going to go to that call and believe you me, the Mexican people, and when they get into India, they have such a natural inclination to share the gospel and share those stories. And I believe that there is going to be definitely a wave of God's people coming to know the Jesus there because of their faithfulness. That's part of our story, church. We, we're we making a difference today in France, in the prison systems, and around tables we're making a difference in kenya in the universities as people are coming to the lord and those men and women in kenya who are becoming university and graduating they're going to every sphere of society in the country of kenya are going to be national leaders we're making a difference god's called us to make a difference and we're doing that church and i want to thank you for that and so we're going to celebrate this morning you guys really celebrate this morning we're going to celebrate by giving we don't take up offerings very often at cross points church well, we're going to do that today. And so if you guys don't know from Crosspoint Search, we, our tithes and givings, as we give throughout the year, we automatically give 10% of all of our, our giving to missions. And uh, that goes to supporting our missionaries and to helping on short-term trips. But then on this Sunday, we call Mission Sunday, we take up an offering. And everything, our tithes, our offerings, and all the missions goes towards our missions budget. And it's almost half of our missions budget for the full year. And I'm so excited that we can be a part of this. And so I want to encourage you. So we're going to take up a tithes and armories and we're going to pray and ask God what you have forgive. And we're going to all walk down front. And I want to encourage you to have every one of you, every one of you come down because this is our church. This is a planting seeds in the generations of people coming to Jesus all over the world. And I don't want you guys to miss out. So whether you have a $1, dollar, $5, a $100, a $1,000, some of you may not have brought your money today. So can you pull out a card in front of me? it looks just like this it's a little card and it's called a faith promise card and i know i do this every year i pray and stop and ask god, god what would you have me i may not be able to give a thousand dollars today but lord i believe that you're telling me that i'm supposed to give a thousand dollars over the course next year and so then i can budget that and put a hundred dollars in so god may be leading you to do that so if you feel led to do that I want you to take a moment and you could fill out the top card just as a memory i always fill the top part out put it in my bible so I can remember it in the bottom part. is just your commitment. And you can drop that bottom part down here in our world here as well for our offering. So take a moment and let's pray. Let's ask the Lord what he would have us give. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're seeking people to be worshipers of you. That you love each and every person on this face of the earth father you need us you want us you desire us to go and share the stories of what you did in our hearts to go and share the, the that you are such a beautiful good news and that you love them and you want to have a relationship with them that you want to save them you want them to be worshiping you in heaven one day and father we thank you lord that you called us as a church you called us as individuals to go be a part of your story lord so, Father, as we're celebrating Missions Week, Lord, we, we have a recommitment that we're going to continue to pray for the lost, continue to pray for those that don't know you, Lord, that, that we want to see revival in this world, Lord Jesus, that we don't want to get caught up in all the politics and all the things that Pastor Kenji was talking about, Lord, Jesus. we get so wrapped up in, in all these things, Lord, but when it comes down to it, you love people, and you called us to love people. Father, we renew our commitment to pray for the lost. We pray for our missionaries. We pray for them that are in countries where they could easily get kicked out tomorrow, that they're in lonely, lonely places sometimes where they might be the only Christian in their whole entire town. Father, that we can't relate to that when we have a church full of people that we get to worship with every week, Lord, but they're on our front lines, So we commit to pray for them. Pray for fullness of their ministries. And, Father, we commit also to give to them. I know, Lord, that it takes finances for us to go. It takes finances for us to have ministry. It takes finances for us to be able to, to go and invite people to our homes to feed them, Lord Jesus. To go into those places, it takes finances for all that, Lord. So today, Lord, we just ask that you would speak to us right now. That it wouldn't just be for something that we just do, but it was something that you're calling us to, that we go beyond our means to say, Lord, I want to be a part of impacting the world. Let's just take a minute, wait on the Lord. Can I get everyone to stand up? We're going to sing a worship song, and as we're singing, I want to encourage you just as a act of faith, and also in your heart, I want you to be praying for one of our missionaries that God would reach the lost this year, and bring your offerings, your tithes, your faith promise cards, and go ahead, bring them forward at this time. She feels the fear